This episode is sponsored by our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for your continued support. If you're not a member yet, you can join our Patreon for as low as $1 per month to support the cast and crew of the Bardic College. Unlock bonus content featuring your favorite players, get exclusive access to shows you can't find anywhere else, and even get a chance to have Raz run a game of your choice. Visit us online at patreon.com slash thebardiccollege. Hello, my name is Lauren, but you probably know me as Catherine Ross. I'm here to let you know that if you love our content and want to feel the same dread, terror, and jubilation that I do, then make sure to check out Lurking Fears when you head out to your next convention. With a great group of professional storytellers, Lurking Fears is able to weave stories that will haunt you and take you to the very edge of madness, which is something I know a little bit about. Now, while specializing in Call of Cthulhu, Lurking Fears also runs games from a variety of other systems, so there's something for everyone. They're committed to running heavy RPG adventures that are driven by the narrative and, of course, by the player's choices. So, check out their Facebook page, and follow them to keep on top of which con they'll be hosting games at next. Trust me, you will not be disappointed. Now, let's get back to the action and see what our Keeper Raz has in store for us. But if history has taught us anything, probably going to be bad news. You're listening to a 7th edition Call of Cthulhu podcast titled Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by the Bardic College. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe to the show to receive notifications as our future episodes release. You can visit us on Facebook at The Bardic College. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Cthulhu in Cairo, brought to you by The Bardic College. I'm Raz, and I'm joined by the whole team, which is hasn't happened in a little while, so we're happy to have them back. Uh, we're going to go down the line, just reintroduce them, because we don't do it all the time, but we want to do it tonight. Uh, playing Jack Cavendish is Joel. Uh, Jack has recently found that he had two daughters that he didn't know about. How's Jack doing tonight? Jack is uh, fine. It's like a family affair. Jack is finding that he has two sort of uh, little little rugrats that he's going to be taking care of now that he's going to be sending back to his home in Kenya. And um, he is trying to do his best to play Uncle Jack. Yes. Keep the safety on as she runs down the street with two pistols. Um, I, I don't want you out here alone, Mr. Jack. Take this. <laughs> That's one of my guns. That was like one of my proudest moments already. <laughs> oh, good. And playing Faye is Mel. How is Faye tonight? I know Faye has been bursting at the seams to hear about what's been going on. I'm literally, so, uh, I I need to know. I, I'm so, I feel like everyone else has an inkling, but me, I'm terrified. I'm just, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. And Catherine Ross is played by Lauren. How is Catherine tonight? Lauren has a uh, a broken toe, we think, but how is Catherine? Um, Catherine is, you know, Christmas was boring. Um, <laughs> you could have called home to your uncle, to your uncle, I, found out what he was doing. You know what? Maybe goose. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. I had beans. Um, <laughs> that's how that conversation well, of course you did. gone. <laughs> Anywho, um, no, Catherine's great. Lauren's a little. Worse for wear, broken toe. It hurts, but sure, we're keep on keeping on, people. Hey, um, public service announcement from you know your friendly Catherine Ross. If you have wear glasses, don't run around your house without them on because your depth perception is wrong, and you will slap your foot off of hard surfaces. <laughs> Preach it, sister. Yep, Catherine. Oh well. Wow. Okay, that is true. Um, dear listeners. Mel just typed this in group chat. Catherine would yell at Lauren for how she's dealing with her broken toe. Correct, 100%. because I haven't taped it, I haven't iced it, and I've been walking on it all day. So do what I say, don't do what I do. Catherine would absolutely oh, wow. make a pamphlet for that. That is Catherine's motto to a T, I think. Yep. Um, and playing Vadim Gavrilov, uh, Uncle V, as we like to refer to him now. Uncle uh, V. Just, Scott, how is Vadim and Scott doing this evening? Vadim's doing good. Scott's doing good. It's kind of... Last episode, kind of getting into interesting territory, you know, with the the S word floating around out there. So it's uh, mm, yes. it's it's a uh, it's a little 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 odd, little different. Uh, you know, oddly tra- channeling Vodum. I don't think Vodum likes John Schooley very much so far. He's like, oh, I think so I hate he, myself. So he abandoned you. <laughs> Sounds like a jerk. That was awesome. That was fabulous. Are you having it's an like... identity crisis? Wait a minute. He left you. I do not like this man. <laughs> he is not very irresp- irresponsible. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my god, that's gonna be great. God forbid you have to play them both at the same oh time. Oh my gosh, do do? can I have a conversation with myself? That would be wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Ella Walcott returning from her. Well, she was in the kickoff episode of Operation Poltergeist. Uh, how's everything going, Ella? Kayla, how are you? Good evening, my dears. Ella is, well, she's been traumatized. She may act very uncharacteristically for Ella, considering we know her as a wacko and a magic person. But um, Kayla has gotten some very happy news, but that is not important for the game. Mostly just know that college is wrapping up and I'm so glad to be moving on to the next stage. So listeners, wish me luck. When we last left off, Jack Cavendish had sent one of the youngest sister, Anya, back to Lakshitha, who has been guarding the house with one of Jack's, uh, Jack Cavendish's guns. He did not realize that Anya has been carrying two of his pistols. So they kind of feel that they know him very well now. They're, they're basically sharing a weapons chest. Um, Jack's probably going to have to put like a little sign out sheet Something like a, or a, at a library, a stamp. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, Colt 45 borrowed by this day. Uh, but yes, Jack went out to meet Ella at the field and Ella really doesn't have much to say. She says, I, you know, I'll brief everybody when we get back to the hut. You know, I, the ladies need to hear this as well. But she's had a good trip and the donkeys and the, the pilot bring her back her luggage and things that she had taken with her when she left New Delhi a, a little over a week ago, 10 days ago. And she's comes walking through the front door. So the team is back together again. Ella, welcome back. Welcome back, Ella. I give Ella a very big hug. She doesn't return it with the vehemence that you think she should. I pull back and I go, are you all right? I, I pick up her bags. Did you see some shit? <laughs> what happened? Did you see some shit? I saw some shit, yes. And she's kind of looking through Faye. And then even when she looks to Catherine to answer her question, Kat, you know... She's not right. So she kind of walks past you and doesn't say much. It feels like something's definitely off. I look at Catherine and I go, I, I kind of shoot her a look like, you know, jerking my head at her as a way of saying, go talk to her. What, what do you want me to say? I don't know. Say, say something nice. Just channel it. You're a nurse. Okay. I know you had to say nice things to patients before. Just go ahead. Say something. Bottom. Okay. How, are you, how, how have you been? I am Bottom very good, Ella. Oh my God. <laughs> it is good to have you back. Safely. Who wants coffee? Who wants a cup of coffee? I'm making a cup of coffee. Uh, I would love one, and I think Ella would too. Sounds wonderful. Then make me three, please. I did Hot have a long flight. Bean water for everyone. Let's go. Hell yeah. Um, I'm going to take Ella's hand, and I'm kind of going to guide her over to like... um. Like like a bench or somewhere to sit, and uh, I'm just going to sit with her and go, listen, um, you want to talk about it? Because you're acting like you're seeing ghosts everywhere. You're acting weird. <laughs> you know, that's not <laughs> I turn to look to the group, and I'm just mouthing, what the fuck, over and over okay. at everyone. Okay, Catherine is, you know, she leaves the kettle on the on the stove she comes over and Nel ella's sitting on a bench yes okay um Catherine kneels down in front of ella as she's laughing and grabs her hands and goes you gotta stop doing that so stop what take a deep you're you're hysterically laughing and making people uncomfy my love i always take make a you deep uncomfortable breath. you should be used to this by now take a deep breath and what's going on because this isn't happy families. It was Christmas last week, for God's sake. Christmas, yes. So many yeah. miracles. God, that's not. Is she all right? She seems. I don't. Ella, think... you seem sort of out of it. Yes. What's going on? Did something happen? She looks Catherine square in the face and kind of leans in, like on her position on the bench. You know, I've been practicing this speech for my entire flight here. I didn't realize there'd need to be a speech. I've been running over how I would explain this. To all, to you two. You two specifically, because, well, unfortunately, the two men had no opportunity to understand what I'm about to say, but I guess there's only one way to say it, and that's Sid's alive. I drop her hands and jump back from her. Faye is, she also gets up and she backs into something like, um, like a table or whatever, and she almost falls over and she's shaking and she goes, No, no, he is most certainly not Ella. Ella, this isn't funny. But it is because you mentioned the ghost thing and I touched him like I, I held him. Oh my God. Oh my God. 
What the hell are you talking about? How? What? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Oh, okay. Should I still tell you, Faye? Because... Go sit in the corner or something. This is... Listen, what? all right. Here, I... Uh, this has to be a dream. This you matched the handwriting. Uh, yeah, I sure as shit did, but I guess not well enough. What handwriting are you talking about? We'll get to that later. This is imp- this is more important. Ella, sweetheart, I beg you to start from the beginning. Um, I'm uh, I'm going to sit on the floor so that way when I pass out, um, hopefully I won't get a concussion from hitting my head on something. So I sit, I fold my hands in my lap, and I go proceed. Somewhere a kettle begins to boil. It is ignored. Yeah, the pilot leaves and. Ella gives him a small tip as she goes through her bag and then stops to talk to everybody. But yeah, he walks away. It's just Gustav and the team. And the girls. When I arrived at M section, I I was kept in a small room by myself. Only Mr. Reed for company. And even then he abandoned me. And I arrived downstairs to talk to this ramshackle group of three who apparently are trying to hunt down members of the Thule Society, Muller, even, that's when they said they should bring in Agent... I saw Agent P walk through the door with his mustache, his graceful mustache, and the Yorkshire accent, and the look of him frightened me, because I thought I was looking at a ghost, you see? And, well, he said, it's good to see you, Ella, darling, and apparently it was Sid. He apparently... I... I don't know how this is possible, but those villagers got out of their fugue state after a Thakwa corrupted their souls and brought him not to say a hospital where he recuperated and went home to London. Or I, I don't know how he got home to London. I think he went a little mad for a while because, of course, it's trauma. But he was there. I saw him. I pushed him. I think I might have slapped him once. Sounds right. Oh. She also... Ella, you can tell them the name of that. The operation is Poltergeists. Yes. Um, as in Sydney Poulter. Yes, well, that, that's also there. Y- you all look so sad. This is, this is wonderful news. <laughs> why, why are you not ecstatic? Your friend is not dead. Because none of this makes sense, Vodum. No, yeah, Vodum, none of it makes sense. We watched a man die. We've got a, we've got a friend who's... You supposed- saw him dead body? You saw him die? No, we saw his bloody jacket go over the side of the mountain. I thought, listen, normally when you see a bloody jacket... You make assumptions. Yeah, I was right to make the assumptions. But this is good news, is not? Do, do you not want your friend down? I don't know, because I don't trust it. I don't trust this at all. There's an S walking around. Aveline is missing. Aveline is what? Oh, did he fail to mention that? I don't know what you're talking about. Listen, it was very quick, and then I all of a sudden was put into a speech about Mueller and all the members of the Thule Society that I knew of and that I was tracking down because they're going to hunt them. So you had to do some public speaking and and Sid's walking around? Sid told me to. I didn't know what else to do. He d- To do the public speaking. I had to do the public speaking, Catherine. All right, yes, I was confronted I with a like dead body. I feel like I'm focusing body. in on the wrong thing. I'm in shock. I think so, too. Okay. Um, there is so much. You are saying there is there is uh, government uh, helping, uh, hunting hunting this Mueller? Mueller, other members of the society that I knew of that are currently trying to get the items of power as well. And you know these people. You you are helping them. Are do, are they helping us? Yeah. Where are where are they? They're currently in. Well, I don't know exactly where because I know they're trying to hunt down a man named like his name is Eric Marston. He runs the bank for the Thule Society and funds all of their operations from dig sites into occultist artifacts to whatever depraved activity they decide to invest in next. It's it's all connected. And I, like I told you to, I was hunting them before I signed on to work with you and find these items of power quicker than instead of hunting the little people at the edge of the stick, so to speak. And now Sid's apparently a part of it too, and he wants to help, but he refuses to come back here. Or he cannot come back here for whatever reason, I am uncertain, but I was then thrust onto a plane without really speaking to him fully. You, uh, you and Sid knew each other. Yes, you got it, Vatum. I mean, I know he was friends with 
the ladies here, but I do not know how close you were. I barely knew him for a month. Less than a month, probably. Well, no, but... A month is, is, is time to know someone. Did he mention or recount what had happened to him and how he ended up in, in England when he was presumed dead in Nepal? Did he mention any of this? Yeah. He said he went to hospital. He was in a Nepalese hospital. The villagers had stopped their beating, but his actual transport, I am having a hard time recalling right now, but he made his way back because he didn't know where we were or where we had left, where we had run off to, because obviously we didn't think to check for a body. He was weeks in recuperation, she lets you know, and uh, that the villagers had nursed him back to some health. And then he was carried down to a facility where he was transported out. And because they recognized him as British, when he spoke, they brought him to a British military hospital and then he was flown back to England. This is village that uh, ladies were talking about recently. Yes. So this village is okay now. Yes. Jack runs over, uh, casually walks over while they're all talking and gets uh, a bunch of glasses and uh, some bourbon or some sort of alcohol that he can find because he feels that... uh, He's worried about Catherine and Faye and uh, wants something to maybe take the edge off for it. Or perhaps a celebratory toast. <laughs> right. Before I have this uh, whiskey or vodka, whatever it is that we smuggled into Nepal, Aveline's body is missing? And you say Sydney had it? Well, Vadim goes over the, the notes like on a counter somewhere, somewhere where we have all yeah, that. Vadim goes over and picks up the note, takes it back and hands it to Ella. This was in the grave where your friend should have been. Sees us if he's kind of watching Ella like closely, like, is she going to do her thing? Is she, right. she going to do her thing? He's like spying, like, do the thing. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. it. She notices the look and goes, oh, oh, you want me to, you want me to do that to the note? It doesn't just happen. It's like on off. You have switch. Yes. I, I, if I didn't have that, it would be rather awkward if I was shaking the hand of a of the PM, for instance, and I went, oh, you're having an affair on your wife, hmm? Well, that could be very handy in business. Well... Information is power. Vadim is all of a sudden looking at her going like, I could use business partner. Hmm. When this is all done, Ella, we, we need to set up... My racketeering operations just got the boost. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Ella would look to the other, like, Faye and Kat specifically and go, do you need me to do this now? I look up at Ella. Faye's been trying to collect herself. She's going through a lot of different emotions. It's like she's really happy, but also she's very confused and she just doesn't understand. So I just look up and I go, please. Jack, you said you were handling the luggage, right? Yeah, I brought her luggage back, right. So one of them is a tr- is a, a small trunk, probably about 14 inches by about 12 and about eight eight to 10 high. And it's very heavy. It's in a leather, like a leather, a trunk that's, you know, liquid slats covered in like leather. But it's it definitely weighs a lot more than you were anticipating. Pro- I mean, for the size of it, you're like, oh, it should, you know, but when you lift it, you go, I mean, it's not like it's breaking your back, but you go, whoa, this is really heavy. I ask her about it. I'm like, Anna, what is in the extremely heavy and large package. Oh, uh, it's the radio. Apparently we can communicate with Sydney on this one-way radio, or two-way radio, at some points during our time. So the ladies could speak to Sydney, should they want to? Yes. Wherever we are in the world, it should be working. Well, there you have it, Faye, Catherine. You, your ans- you could be get your questions answered that way, could you not? I look to Ella and I go, this is serious? We could really talk to him again? I felt his heartbeat. Hey, he's very much alive. She's crying very hard. She explains to you that uh, she shows you a a note that she has uh, attached inside the box that has frequencies that that rotate. So over 20 days, the channels will change. And every day at 10 p.m. GMT, wherever you are in the world, you have to match that up. You would then broadcast and they will listen for an hour. She says that eventually you'll be able to talk to Sydney right now if he's on a mission and away from where the radio is, but that it does reach out to section to M section and that they can pass notes along or have him reach out to you. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot. Yeah, to I'm, like, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Did we just become like official? <laughs> we got a radio. We got a fucking radio. We, we got a radio. We got to report in. Yeah. 
So it's a it's the it's a kind that cranks and then builds up enough charge that it can. Oh, it's a field radio. Yeah, yeah. It's got the gigantic antenna that goes up, right? That's why it's so heavy. The antenna folds down. Like where he goes there, the one in the beginning of where he Exactly. So, you know, important details. Um, I suppose we need a code name. <laughs> Do we have code name? Do we have code name? <laughs> I've always wanted code name. <laughs> Surprise you don't have one already. Codename Cairo. There we go. Cthulhu in Nepal? Because that's where we <laughs> seem to keep going to. Vodum has the, the, the glass of rotgut that... Uh, the jacket handed out and he kind of tentatively holds it up and he says he looks at the ladies first at at, at Faye and Catherine and then to Ella and kind of looking to see if they give approval and says shall we toast? Faye smiles through her tears and she holds her glass up. Catherine lifts it but isn't saying much. Um, there's so much going on that she doesn't know what to say. Has It's almost like it's almost like a sort of shutdown. But she knocks the drink back in one go. I mean, she and Faye are probably thinking the same thing. I know that I'm thinking I'm so happy, but I feel so guilty that we didn't go back and check for him. We just, we left him. So survivor guilt is a thing. I mean, but you cannot ever blame himself. I know, but it's, he's not the only one that we left behind. And Hey, at this rate, maybe Aveline's still alive, right? It, Bad joke. Um, <laughs> Catherine gets up and walks out. Perhaps, perhaps too soon. I I I look at Vodum and I go. I I just kind of do like the like the hand motion. Like mm, no, let's not. And um, I'll go after Catherine. He awkwardly like buries his face in the glass and starts drinking. <laughs> Ella, would, if she was near him, just tips it up closer to his lips, like that <laughs> motion. Is like yes, yes, have more of that, please. <laughs> I do want to ask Ella, though, if they've heard anything about John Schooley. Sid didn't mention John. He was actually angry that he left us. That's all of that he would say about he was he was con- he was confused as to what he thought maybe why he would have left you because remember he w- he was on the mountaintop first, and Sid had no idea that John had stepped off. So yeah, he wasn't. I don't think "mad" was the right word, but he was he just didn't know what to say. Kind of confused, concerned, and worried for the and worried for the the women. Yeah, yeah. So um, I just I just say to Ella, then um, I, I come back in after checking on Catherine. Um, just wanted to make sure that you know she was okay. Give her a gentle squeeze on the shoulder, and then I go back in because I have questions about this. I just say to Ella, I go. So I'm taking it that 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 I don't think that this is Sid that took Aveline's body. I mean, they don't have Aveline's body. This operation, the M, whatever. Aveline, this is the first you're hearing about it. Absolutely. Okay. Then I think that John came back and took Aveline, and we don't know where he is, and I don't even know where to start looking for him. Um, We make it clear that Ella knows the story about the German body in the grave and the whole shebang. So it wasn't like mad, you know, like like there's something that happened there, right? Yeah, these are two specifically different timetables of events, right? So Sid fell, but moments after the, the jacket fell and everything else, they started to come out of it. And they realized they were hurting someone. They didn't understand why. So they dragged him off. They were carrying him away anyway. And Sidri's recuperating. John has his has his moment at the base of the mountain, and he wanders off into the wilderness. And he's, you, we don't even know if John could have seen Sid be carried away at some point, or checked on the village and realized that Sid was somewhat okay, and maybe that relaxed John. We don't know what happens between that timetable, but somehow John gets the inkling or makes his way back into Nepal towards Kathmandu and finds out that you know the Germans are here. They've taken over the the tavern. They're looking for shit. They don't. What the hell's going on? And that's when he moves Aveline's body. Two totally separate. They are not in any way congruent. Can I? Can I tell you? I'm just really, really pleased to hear that the village came out of their psychotic state. It kind of it makes like it makes Nepal like you know we all kind of view Nepal as this horrible, horrible thing. No, no offense, keeper. It was great no, storytelling. No. We love it, but I mean, a lot of shit did happen. So just knowing that you know. That lingering village of the damned, you know, was always like floating over there. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, they came out of it. 
Sid's alive. I'm I'm really hoping that, you know, this is kind of giving Faye hope that maybe we will find John and maybe he'll be okay and we can help him. John has become sort of like your Arnie Sacknewsome. I don't know if you're familiar with Journey to the Center of the Earth, but every time they needed a hint or a path or a, somehow he was always somewhere he needed to be at the, for a moment. So Sid is, John right now is, he's looking out for things where he can and John's kind of out there. Maybe he'll come up again. You just don't know. But for now, he's definitely somewhere in the area, or at least was a few weeks ago when he moved Aveline. But yeah, John has, with the occult skills that John was developing and the time he has to kind of focus on himself and those skills, who knows where he's going to know where to get to next. I mean, he may be ahead of it a little bit, but unable to do some of the things by himself. So we never know. John is going to be a variable. Wow. We'll see how that plays out. This is a lot. Jack, do you start taking the? Do you want to start taking the radio and getting it set up? I mean, you've got a few hours before transmission time, but I didn't know if you wanted to. You, you probably have shortwaves all over the place in in Kenya to reach out in case of emergencies. Yeah, I, I would assume we would probably have one um, at at the house because it. I mean, it's probably like 150 miles from from like uh, you know one of the big cities. It's quite a ways. All right, so go ahead. You can start doing that. That's not a problem. Everybody else, Catherine, you're outside. Faye was coming out to talk to you. Um, are you okay? Um, no, but okay. Ella, did you want to do? <laughs> no, <laughs> we'll move on. Um. <laughs> like, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not cool, and I don't think it's, you know, I don't have to be cool. Hey, everyone, no. it's okay not to be okay. Um, <laughs> right. So the the young girl, uh, like Shisa, uh, the older one, I'm sorry, like Shisa, with her hair and everything down, she's like, Miss Cath, Miss Catherine, why are you so sad? What's what happened that you're so sad? Sometimes, um, sometimes you lose something and you think it's broken and then it turns out not to be. And you already went through the sadness of being upset that it was broken and then you get it back and you don't know how to feel. So you just feel nothing. It's not easy to, to hear news that shocks the soul. Sometimes the soul needs to step away. Take a walk. Go into the mountains and think. Yeah, I know. Do you want to go hiking or something? Well, we can take walk. If you if you need to take walk, I show you. There's some beautiful places. Some are under snow still, though, obviously. But there's some nice yeah. places to pick. Okay, I think I'd like that. But your friend is alive. Is it my friend still? Is he? It I, mm. until I see, hear, touch, smell, senses until. Until I see him, I don't know what to think. So, but radio help you talk to him later, maybe. Maybe. I'd give anything to talk to my mom. Oh. I wish, even if I, even if she wasn't real, just to hear. You know, I, I miss her. She, she sings pretty. I don't know if she ever sang with you, but she's a very pretty singer. I'm not sure I ever heard her sing, and I'm sorry that I missed out on that. And I don't want you to think that I'm not happy or grateful that my friend is back and that I have this radio. Oh, God. No, I just say I you know, I didn't mean to upset. No, I just... I'm trying to not sound like, you know, and uh, she almost swears in front of the 15-year-old. Um, I'm sure the girl knows plenty of words. I'm trying to not sound like an asshole in front of another person who's grieving. So. Well, she says it's the, the mountains take and they take, sometimes it's just time to go. Yeah, well, she's walking up there somewhere. I know she's there. I just be nice to hear her. I hope you can hear your friend soon and you feel better. He's got a lot to explain. So, yes, mm. I do. Is I, I hope so, too. He better have a goddamn reason for all this shit. OK, listen, Ella, did listen. you feel like you wanted Ella? Were you looking to roll your eyes up into the card? I will do that if like one of the other girls is in the room because I don't want to like do it without them i know they've just been through a lot it's just it feels weird doing it in front of adam and, and Jack yeah and jack's messing with the radio yeah so i'll be there for you faye um if, if you come outside um well I'm, I'm back in so um if if you ask faye she'll do it for you absolutely it's not just about like the note-taking it's more like i would feel like you'd want to be there if i saw something like good or bad or whatever because it's it's your guys's like original team so it, she wouldn't feel comfortable doing it in front of the other two until you guys got there so if you're there she will do the role and keep her I believe I would have full magic points after all those times of rest of course and of course awesome I will make- you also had like that uh, 
prior connection with Schooly too. So, I mean, this is big for you as well. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Ella and John knew each other the longest. Yep. Yeah. So, Jack, you're you're messing around and you you're getting the radio organized. You're picking up just intermittent static as you're cycling through. And you hear Ehrenbrecht, Zofolk Abend über der not Kommandos in Stadt. Sie werden in drei Stunden ankommen. Sind die Sie da? Agent 67, bitte antworten Sie. And it, the channel just keeps repeating that last line. Agent 67. Uh, does anyone speak German? <laughs> uh, I think Ella does. I do a little bit, yes. Well, it appears that we have stumbled across a German transmission if you want to come and try to ascertain what it is. Oh. I do not, unfortunately. Here, darling. Um, Can you play it again, or is that not how radios work? No, wah, no I, wah, I, I can't play wah, it again, but uh, I can try to <laughs> find, the, uh, find the frequency again, because it, it seems to be repeating. Well, only that last line you hear a few more times. Agent 67, bitte antworten Sie. What's your skill in that, Ella? It is pretty low, but I would like to make the roll anyway. All right. Well, what's the skill level? 25. Ooh, it's okay. like barely passable conversationalist, but it was the only way that I could talk to Mueller, like when the radio was on. And I. Yeah, yeah. The, you can get through yeah. the gist of general stuff. Yep. I'm going to spend the five points of luck to get it down to the 25 because it was a 30. It was so close. The, the line that repeated was Agent 67, please reply. It appears that they're calling to some uh, entity known as Agent 67 to reply to the original message. Uh, did you hear anything else before that? Could you possibly repeat words? I heard it, but I again, it, it, I don't speak German, so it was a series of uncomfortable sounding words. I, I, I wish I could be more intelligent in, in speaking to you about it. It wasn't quite as harsh as Russian, but it was... It was completely foreign. It was a completely different language to me. It wasn't as as foreign as the Cyrillic alphabet, but it was it was clearly German. Make a knowledge roll because um, maybe you were able to pick up a word or two that you could repeat. No knowledge roll is what that's uh, education. Education okay. is to know. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then I got a good shot at it. Then I have an eighty in education. Wow, that's really good. Oh yes, that that's a success. I believe that is that is a regular success. All right, so Jack, go ahead and make a roll on a D, on a D ten, um, and two actually do it on two D tens and add them together. There we go, eighteen. All right, so word eighteen in that phrase was yeah. You pick up the word C for die for uh, for are you there? Are you there? Please reply. And you pick up one other word that sticks out for Ella, and it's Nacht Commandos. Night Commandos, really? Yes, something about. They've been dispatched, Ella. You think that means they, the way that he's ex- <gasps> the words that you kind of overheard? They've been dispatched. Oh no! What if that means? What if that means the mission is a trap? Huh? This means something to you, Ella. They went to go after Eric Marston, a member of the Thule Society, and they have night commandos dispatched and an agent looking for him. Ella, dear, looking for someone? we're in Nepal. This is the- we, Ella, we wouldn't be grabbing a transmission from England. Unless it was on our frequency. No, but you said it was a transmission from Germany, and they were asking about. No, I something. said it was in German. It was in German. It could be. It could be right here. It could be in Nepal. If you had to guess, the, the you don't think it came from Germany, but she went to the other thing because it's Sid's radio. So it's like night commanders. It could be a trap. Sorry. So like, of course, Ella, you may not be wrong, but this the transmission Joel was very faint. Like it was just barely coming through. Oh, okay. Like it was, it was, it was, it wasn't like somebody broadcasting, you know, a hundred miles away. It was, it was a pretty far reach. But you, you know, but still, she's thinking that it has something to do with Sydney's mission. Poor Sid, guy can't catch a break. What time is it? Uh, right now it's about noon. Mm. Ten hours until transmission. 
well, GMT time, and you're five and a, you're five hours and forty five minutes ahead. So there's a joke in Kathmandu because the way that the 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 line breaks, it nearly runs right through Kathmandu. So they call the time five hours and forty five minutes past GMT, not rounded up to six. And there's an, a joke in India that you know Nepalese are always fifteen minutes late, and the Indians are always five minute fifteen minutes early. It literally says Kathmandu is it's it's an oddity. It's five hours and forty five minutes past GMT. So if you're looking to start immediately at five forty five tonight. You'd be able to reach out and and, and get a hold of them because you're five hours past GMT in in Nepal. Seems like that's the best we can do. It gets them at least. It'll also notify them what's coming if it's for them. Sure, Joel. Do you, tr- Jack? Do you try to focus on that trans? On that you're trying to stay on yeah, that. Yeah, I'm trying to keep it in because you know it's one of those things where if you're going back and forth. So now I'm actively looking to see if I can find what the exact frequency is and then stay on it. So in Nepalese, you hear "achik," "yat," and Anya's eyes go up, Joel. Did you understand that, dear? What did it say? It said 67 says yes. They're still here. 67 says yes. That's that's Jakey's voice. Jakey in the hut. Mr. Jack, Jakey in the hut. I'll be right back. What does that mean? <laughs> Jack bails out the door at high speed. Well, and Vodham's quickly on his heels. <laughs> I had a feeling. <laughs> They're running up the road. <laughs> I knew he, rushed, he, he came out of that door too fast. Nobody, nobody to psych check, guys. Sorry about that. He and he was trying to push you off. So it, we, the re, the read was that you know he appeared like he was trying to be, be gentle about it and friendly. So yeah, they go. The ladies, you see Jack, Vodham, and about a minute and about twenty seconds later, Anya running out with two pistols, heading up the road, <laughs> hell bent to do some damage to somebody. <laughs> Ellis just holding onto the piece of paper, like, will somebody take down notations? And they go running. <laughs> Yeah, I'll um I'll stay with Ella um so that we can find out oh, whatever information them. we can. Oh, I was never following mind. them because it's like boys. Where the hell are you going? Well, well, can you walk and can you work and walk? No, we're gonna go have a conversation with Agent Sixty Seven. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> All right, up the hill they go. Where's Catherine? I I guess this is a family trip. Um, Catherine's having a cigar. <laughs> She's outside with a big old a big old fan of Cuban, just kind of like I've had enough. This, you're not wrong. Um, if if somebody just explains to her like what the fuck's going on, then I yeah. mean she'd join in. But what is going on? Following everyone out the door, um, pulling my shoes on, I look at her and I go, "There's apparently that weird guy that was uh, canvassing the place that Lexitha." Uh, warded yeah. off with the gun yet yeah, he's some agent i don't know jack and vodham are gonna go kick his ass i say we go back him up okay and leave the house abandoned it's not abandoned miss Catherine. <laughs> i got it i i keep going forward and i'm like you can stay but i'm gonna go and i think that uh okay i'm i'm coming just give me a minute Catherine runs inside grabs a a gun and my bag and your bag. As you run past, she's a, she's mansplaining to Gustav how to use a forty-five. This is my favorite thing I've seen all day. <laughs> I love her. You've <laughs> made me smile, small one. She's youth splaining. She's youth splaining to Gustav. <laughs> you know, th- this bit goes this way, and, he, and he's like, "Okay, thank you." And this bit, which way, I've been trained. She's like, "I know, but please be careful. I don't want to get shot." So she's doing the whole jack, the whole thing, yeah. And Mr. Jack say you leave safety on until you need to pull trigger. But you and this is you hear this, Catherine, as you're going down, running outside the fence. You don't squeeze. You, you, oh no, you don't pull. You squeeze real slow. Wow, this <laughs> so is like, where'd you go to finishing yeah, school? Exactly. I am gonna have to adopt this kid. Cavendish Academy. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> the v- Adam School of uh, the Red School of Adam. Jeez. Jack started this adventure a rogue. He's ending it as an uh, adopted father. Yeah, an adopted father. My two daughters. Anything about them going back to Kenya? I think they're going to join us. <laughs> yeah, for real. They Wait, can dear. Their own. Wait for the line to get closer. That's it. Right between the eyes, dear. <laughs> well done. All right. So you make your way, and you are very quickly. There are some, like I said, there are some locals out. It's the first day in, in you know, a few that they felt like they could move around, do, go some, do some shopping in the markets. I mean, you're not getting a ton of traffic out where Chorgi lived uh, because it's on the outer, you know, it's on the main road coming into town. But as you make your way up the hill, they do see a bunch of, you know, white skinned people with guns running. Oh, at, at, absolutely. I, absolutely. <laughs> my, my gun is absolutely out. I figured. Vadim, you being a little more subtle? 
Vadim, yeah, he never brandishes his guns publicly. But uh, I, I think Vadim's already got it. He he sees that 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 uh, Jack's uh, Jack's ire is up. So um, he's already planning on he's gonna you know Jack will be going inside. He's gonna stay outside and uh, just keep the uh, like the surrounding area scoped. Understood. All right, Jack, you're at the door. I take it you don't knock this time. I stop for one second to see if I can hear the radio. Ooh, yeah. That, do you hear it? <laughs> I bang through that door. So it's you hear, basically you hear, um, Danka, Agent 67, Danka. And you just pull through the door and you see the guy. Do you, you know that look when you walk in on someone in the potty and they weren't expecting you to be, and they're doing a crossword and their eyes are big and it's all just really sad. It's awfully specific. <laughs> well, I'm figuring what's the saddest <laughs> eyes you could have. That's probably one of them. <laughs> like the most, it's such a, it's such a moment of it's low dignity, uh, you know, you know, doors have locks on them, Keeper. Just saying. Well, I've never had it happen in our house. We bolt and lock the door, but I'm, I can imagine, you know, how bad it could be. And you throw the door open. It's that vulnerable look as he's sitting over the microphone of, uh oh. <laughs> you know and he and he says, "Mr. Jack British is here, Mr. Jack British." I shoot the radio. Ooh. Oh, the radio! I shoot the radio. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. <laughs> That's my nice. first oh, that's- object to shoot when I go through that door is I shoot the radio. And you go ahead and make a roll. I'm just just because you're doing it on the blind. but I get the radio. Is there any chance that he would be able to hit the radio before the guy uh, says anything into it? Um, with that roll? Yeah, yeah, that's a hard success. <laughs> yeah, that's a 19. Yeah, he the guys. So, Jack, you sever the, the wire with a beautiful shot, slams into the, 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 the face of it, the crystals crack. Everything goes shattering, and he's still holding on to the microphone. British Jack is here. British Jack is here. The the cord's, like, hanging loose underneath. (laughs) It's loose, and he's just like, hello, Mr. British Jack. I I was calling for a plane for you and your friends. Um, They come pick you up now. My second shot is into his leg. (laughs) We're not going to kill him because we're going to get information out of him first. Hell yeah, Jack. Kick his ass. Faye and Catherine come up. Anya comes running in. She bumps into Vadim. She's ahead of the girls. She bumps in and she's like, oh, safety's off now, right, Mr. Jack? She pulls the safeties down. That's right, dear. Safety's off. Point them at the man. <laughs> so oh she does God. that. And Jack, go ahead and take your Why shot into his leg. Why are we boy? Um, that is a miss, actually. That was the voice on the radio. Oh, then by all means. <laughs> <laughs> well, well then, cap his ass. Um, Jesus Christ, Anya rolled an 06. <laughs> Honest to God, I, well, I, I, I'm not joking. Gathering. No, no, she didn't kill him, but she's like, no, no, Mr. Jackson, stay in the leg. She, she took his whole knee, Joel. That's oh, perfect. That God. works. That works. Hmm. There's a lot of. He's just screaming. She's like, "Wow, he this makes a lot of noise, Mister Jack. This is a loud gun." That's nice. nice. Put the safety back on now. Put the safety back on, dear. And that is how you hobble someone. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then I just, I just, I gr- I run right to him and I just grab him by the shirt and rip him out of the chair. He's not fighting. He's in a lot of. Pain. That's okay. We just take him to the floor and I and I say, "Vadim." Could you could you help me, Anya? I'm going to need you to translate because he may not be able to speak English. Yeah, his English isn't coming so good right now. She's, yeah, he's rambling a lot. Yeah, in pain. Bottom's outside. No, oh, bottom's outside. Okay, Catherine, are you coming in with the bag? Ooh. Am I coming in with the bag? Yes, I'm coming in with the bag. Pharmaceutical information gathering. No, no. Oh darn! Just kneecapped nice. a man. Nice. So. So I see her come through the door. Yes. Catherine, can you tourniquet this man? I don't want him to die yet. We need to get information from him. He's oh Agent God. 67. Agent, I was outside. Does that mean something? Yes. He's a secret agent. He was talking to the Nazis. German spy. Oh, my God. I shot him in the knee, though. Oh, my God, Anya. She did great. She did wonderful. Okay. Everybody My back- father's going to love you, dear. Back off, everyone. Move. Hi. Hello. My name's Catherine Ross. I'm in a tourniquet leg. While she's tourniqueting the leg, I very calmly pull my large knife out. Jack! Vadim pokes his head inside real quick from outside and says, a little more quiet, guys. A little more quiet. <laughs> and, then, and then goes back outside. Yeah, because there's definitely, I mean, there's eventually going to be people wondering why there's a lot of screaming. We're not exactly going to get out of this without, like, consequences. That's what gags are for. Oh, my God. 
if she's going to pull the bullet out of his knee here without sedating him, that's a bad I thing. I wouldn't worry about that. I would just turn okay. it. You want me to leave just, it You in? just want to slow the bleeding so he doesn't die. That's all. Okay. So she's- The bullet's just about to be so joined by others. I don't really care. Yeah, I don't really <laughs> care if he's in pain. Like oath issue I'm having here. Um, I'm hoping he, I, I think he's going to, his weight's going to increase by 40 grams. Just thinking he could have been, he could have been talking to Mueller. Okay. Well, he's so, not your patient. Does this guy have family in the house? Uh, no, he lives alone. Okay, good. So he's like, he starts talking in broken English again. He's like, yeah, I, I, I no, no, no. I tell me agent 67, what are they coming for? And when are they coming? Three, three, three hours. Three hours. Said they'd be here three hours. How many? I don't know. I don't know. But they they following other plane. They they say they've been tracking transmission of pilot from other plane. I see. Plane that just landed. Oh, Ella's plane. Did they say who they're coming for? No. Just need to just need to come back. Come after. Find follow plane. That's all I know. I just they came when they came for to buy tavern. They they. They found me. They they make me very scared. They they threatened me. They they threatened to drop explosives on whole city if I didn't do what they asked for. They say they would come back and fly over with their planes, and 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 level all Todd Katmandu and put us into the ground. I had no choice. And we've just kneecapped this man. Yes, I understand. It's it's quite horrible. They are Nazis. So this is what we're going to do. Then we're going to thank you for your information. I'm going to gag you now, and we're going to leave you. You fucking Nazi scum. And I gag him. I rip part of his clothes off if I have to and jam it in his mouth and we gag him. Yeah, Catherine, do you have something to wrap around so we can gag him? We don't need him screaming, dear. I wouldn't worry about the tourniquet anymore. Um, feeling a little conflicted about He probably him. was speaking to a man I think you know as Mueller. Yes, yes, I understand that, but did you- He shakes his head like, I don't think so, but okay. It was somebody, it was a German agent, absolutely. Right, I'm just trying to get an emotion out of her. I'm essentially just trying yes. to get what I need out of her. Of course. You remember, Catherine, I told you once to hold your anger and to hold your rage and release it when it's needed, right? This is that time. Don't tell me where to put my rage. Listeners, I'm really conflicted. I don't want to be an evil person, but yeah, this guy, they threatened him. I feel bad. I, I, don't, I don't think I'm being an evil person here. They threatened him. You know, he lied. We gave him a chance. He's bringing all hell down on top of us. That is true. In, in three hours. I'm trying to defend you guys and our group. That's what I'm, that's my concern is. Yeah, he just tried, he's been involved in trying to get us killed. That's what these people are coming in for. Right. Yeah. And I understand he's scared. I don't really care. So we got three hours to come up with a plan to get the hell out. And go where? Or a trap. Ella, you can, you can fly, can you not? I can fly. I just, I wouldn't recommend it. Well, we, we may I not have a choice. It. If the plane is still here, we may want to take it. And remember, the weather is clear now. The weather's not the problem. It's the plane. Plane's it's too, too small. small. Yep. We can't all fit in there. Exactly. That's why I wasn't going to recommend it. How many is not fitting? Because I'll sit on a lap. Darling, it's not a lap situation. It's a weight situation. Oh. It's a, it's a weight. And, and, and trying to get over the mountains in a single prop. <laughs> that's throwing about 65 horsepower. You wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, it's going to be the end of Cthulhu and Cairo as we know it. If we stole the engine, we'd die. Look, listen, I fix people. I don't do engineering, okay? Well, that's so, why Sid was around, sorry. but guess what? He's back in London. Well, Mr. maybe Jack? we can get him on the radio. Yes, dear. Mr. Vadim, three hours ain't so much time. Maybe we go back? Yes, I <laughs> we I, got lot, I We have things to do. He, yes. I agree. Um, let's, let's tie him up first, though, dear. We have him, we have him, uh, we have him so he can't make noise. We need to tie him up first, and then we can go. Okay. He's not going far. We, no, no, but I don't need him. You tie him I don't, up. We need to tie him up because we don't want him making any noise. There we go. We would like to leave town as quietly as possible, because everybody else is also going to have another reason to say they went that away. Mm. Oh yeah. How many agents did he say are coming? Doesn't know. Doesn't know. Doesn't know. Just knows it's in okay. three hours they'll be there. But they are paratrooping in. It sounds like. Yep, and they're no and they're called knocked commandos, night commander, night commanders. Yeah, um, they sound like they're very highly trained and uh, very bad. So we got. They also sound like bad if they don't news. get what they want, they're going to drop bombs on the on the village. So we, just to we don't want to be we don't want to be responsible for that. And bad, too many bad things have happened in Nepal. <laughs> what do we got to do to make that not happen? I don't think we'd be responsible for that. I believe they'd be responsible for that. 
oh my God, we're supposed to be good people. Yes, we're also we're also not the military. So there's that. I mean, I don't have any problem making a stand if that's what you want to do, but it may be the end of some of us, depending on how many drop. They're not going to drop in a nice, perfect line at the edge of town. These are trained uh, military operatives. Not, not, uh, not exactly what we want to take on. They're frontline soldiers. Listen, I'm, I, I'm impulsive, and I'll try anything once. Um, even I'm going. No, we should get out. Take the girls and run. So, here's an idea. How about we make a not so quiet exit? An exit loud enough that they follow us and don't drop bombs on the nice village. Well, yes, I mean, it's possible. We could do that. We absolutely could do that. And, and I don't want to discount it. Of course, it does mean that they would be following us. And then we try and lose them. I just, I just don't want to sleep. I, I, I can't sleep enough at night, okay? Well, I'll, I'll do whatever the group wants to do. And we'll find out what that is next time no but we'll let that finish the sentence what did you want to say no 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 i was just i was going to ask simply logistically how how does one get in and out of Kathmandu? what are the uh what are the roads and means of travel there are a few cars in the area so you could easily steal or borrow a car the roads are not you're not doing 100 miles an hour on them they are mountain passes and they're they have to cross streams and stuff like that so it's slow you're probably looking at a good speed of about 20 25 miles an hour and that's at really good speed uh, but you can also do horses are very common and mules are common the plane won't work unfortunately it came in with just her and enough and suitcases yeah. and yeah. she caught the little the quickest little flight she could get here uh so she doesn't have that option and you're probably right if they're commandos you're probably paratrooping they're probably not landing question how how many people could the plane hold or how much weight could the plane hold well the plane's built for two and the luggage of 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 basically two so what another 100 110 pounds so maybe three people you're right so my thought was and i know we don't like to do this but if the women could fly out of here to safety and then Vadim and I could say drive buy one of the cars from some people and we could drive and then they would follow us. They wouldn't follow the plane. Yeah. And we could just, you know, we'll meet you in such and such a place. Or the kids. I was thinking we put the girls on the plane. With Gustav. Mm, Gustav is with us too. So you do have, you have the two girls, you have Gustav and you're five. Is Gustav a pilot by chance? Uh, Gustav, we can roll for that. I'm sure he... Come on, Gustav. Gustav is trained to be a pilot. Yeah, they're, I mean, Gustav's are very, very, you know, functional, right? Yep. Resourceful. I, for one, am for putting the girls and Gustav on the plane, and we on the plane, we put our important things that we wouldn't carry on our back. So that we can move faster. Exactly. And we have a rendezvous point set up. Yes, we will. If Ella grabs the note, you can head for, and she can pick up the monastery. Possibly, she might be able to pick up where something from Schoolie if he's been staying in that area. Yeah, I think that's uh, an important next step, just to give us more information. Do we want to do that now? And to get them, draw them out of town. We'll do that next time. Oh come on, (laughs) damn! (laughs) Come on, hey, this might be a great idea next time. So you've been hearing it. There looks like they're already putting a plan together. They know they've got about three hours to get their asses packed, moving the girls on a plane heading somewhere else. Um, It looks like during the storm, uh, they were tracking Ella's movements as well because they did sense something that happened. Ella, do you remember the sensing and what happened at the table? Uh, The the building felt like there was pressure. Something was possibly protruding in. You weren't sure what was going on with that. I thought it was because we said a name. That's It was because a name was said. And something else clicked off an event. So they were able to... As much as you're being spied, M section is spying on them, they're spying back. So having this other group out there is is great, but it could cause some... Sometimes a little bit of a problem, sometimes a little bit of a good thing. But... The Thule Society is onto the fact that they're being they're now being looked at. So, but we'll explain more about that next time. But from all of us here at Cthulhu and Cairo, we want to say thank you so much. It's coming. Hell's coming, and we're gonna find out how they handle it next time. But team, thank you so much. Great job, everybody. Uh I love the girls at BCs, the way you're working with them, Jack. That's a lot of fun. Madam, good job. Ladies, excellent as always with the uh, with the whole content and uh finding out about Sid. But we'll talk to you next time. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe. And uh from all of us, good night. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cthulhu in Cairo. You can like, share, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. The music you're listening to is Return of the Mummy by the great Kevin McLeod. Join us next time to see where our intrepid explorers find themselves next.